Good evening, everyone. In the last two episodes, we talked about the development of anti-anxiety medications, often known as tranquilizers. And this week, we'll talk about the first anti-psychotic drugs, developed right around 1950. As has happened in many of our episodes, the breakthrough for antipsychotic drugs came from some happy accidents. In 1949, a French surgeon named Henri Laborie was investigating how to reduce surgical shock, where blood pressure drops to dangerous levels, a frequent problem for surgical patients. One hypothesis at the time about shock was that it was caused by the nervous system overreacting to the stress of surgery, which Laborie bought into. As a result, he began to look for a drug that could help suppress part of the nervous system to increase the safety of surgical procedures. Laborie was working in a French military hospital in Tunisia and began experimenting with a type of drug called antihistamines. You may be familiar with these as today they are mostly used to treat allergies and cold symptoms, but they do have some effect on the nervous system. In particular, he noticed that when he gave a strong dose of a drug called chlorpromazine to his patients right before surgery, their attitudes towards their surgeries changed. If you've never had surgery before, it can be pretty nerve-wracking, and that was probably even more of a problem back in the day when surgery was less safe and less established. Laborie noticed that patients given chlorpromazine, even if they were really nervous before their surgery, would become pretty much indifferent. He wrote, quote, I asked an army psychiatrist to watch me operate on some of my tense, anxious, Mediterranean-type patients. Afterwards, he agreed with me that the patients were remarkably calm and relaxed. No idea what he means by uh, Mediterranean-type patients, but point is, the stuff helped calm folks down. After seeing these effects, Laborie wondered if maybe chlorpromazine could be used to help psychiatric patients. In 1951, he decided to test his idea. A psychiatrist colleague of his volunteered to be a guinea pig, and he was given the drug to provide feedback about what it did. At first, the psychiatrist reported, quote, No effects worthy of mention, save a certain sensation of indifference. And then he said he needed to use the restroom, and as soon as he stood up, he passed out. Turns out that one of chlorpromazine's side effects is a drop in blood pressure, which spooked the director of the hospital's psychiatry department so much, he promptly banned further experimentation. Laborie, however, was firmly convinced that chlorpromazine could do some good. He went over to a different hospital, and then tried to convince those psychiatrists to try his new experimental drug out. As you might guess, they were not exactly enthusiastic about the idea, especially because at the time, the prevailing scientific belief was that sedatives were the appropriate treatment for psychotic symptoms, as we've talked about before. Laborie persevered on, though, and finally, in January 1952, Laborie convinced one psychiatrist to try it out in a schizophrenic patient. This patient was a highly agitated 24-year-old man, whose symptoms were so severe he was even prone to violence, which I'd like to stress is quite rare, meaning this patient was very sick. When given chlorpromazine via injection, he calmed down quite quickly, and after just three weeks on the drugs, he was engaging in usual activities. My source says that he completed an entire game of bridge, which I guess is one way to measure mental stability, although not very scientific. The patient improved so much that he was actually discharged from the psychiatric hospital after just those three weeks of treatment, despite being ill for much longer than that. In contrast to some of the other drugs we've talked about, further studies would show that chlorpromazine genuinely reduced severe psychotic symptoms, much in the way that, say, pain medication might help with pain. 
For example, hallucinations, like voices, might normally be loud, scary, and incredibly compelling. But under medication, the voices might be heard, but are distant or faint enough to be mostly ignored. Previous drugs we've talked about, like sedatives, were not really reducing the psychotic symptoms, just knocking patients out so that they weren't conscious and experiencing them. But chlorpromazine was different, and a game-changer. Once news spread of this miraculous new cure, clopromazine was quickly adopted for use in much of Europe, but unfortunately only in Europe. You might recall that at this time period in the United States, psychoanalysis is still all the rage, and so psychoanalytic psychiatrists waved away the drug, saying it was just a distraction from the real work of psychiatry. You know, uncovering the unconscious of the mind in convoluted, evidence-poor ways. Luckily, psychoanalysts aren't the only ones who have power over which medications are and are not used. And the company that made chlorpromazine had a lot of incentive to push the stuff. Since they couldn't get the psychiatrists to listen and try their new wonder drug, they instead went straight to state governments, who you might recall were currently footing the very expensive bill for running mental asylums for the extremely mentally ill. The company argued that if these asylums were to use chlorpromazine, they could release a bunch of these patients when they improved, instead of having to hold them indefinitely, and of course the states would save boatloads of money. State officials, much more concerned with their budgets than the philosophy behind mental illness, pulled the trigger. As soon as early adopters saw the promised results and many patients went home, the use of chlorpromazine skyrocketed. In the next 15 years, the revenues from chlorpromazine rose by a factor of 8, which is crazy growth. By 1964, there were over 10,000 peer-reviewed scientific articles about the drug, and some 50 million people globally had taken it. Millions of people who had once been doomed to a lifetime of asylum care could return home and have a shot at a happy, mostly normal life. The first antipsychotic drug was a massive success from both a humanitarian and a business standpoint, and would inspire numerous imitations, both successful and accidentally successful, which is what we'll talk about next week. As always, thanks for listening, and if you enjoy what you hear, let me know with the links in the show notes, or tell a friend about us. Thank you to Jojo Tang for editing, Angie Lee for our cover art, and Muse Open for this music. Music